Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. And I have an amazing guest, as I always have wonderful guests on this show. And a year ago, I will say almost a year ago, we started our first Journeys in Faith episode with Father Matthew Phelan and Father Ken Breen. And here we are almost a year later, and he's back again. So, Father Matthew, thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> you, you have a lot of amazing guests, and I have to say I'm the least amazing among <laughs> your guests. So. Somebody's <laughs> laughing as you just said that, I'm sure. <laughs> no, that's not true. Not true. But uh, anyway, and and you have been a big supporter sharing the show a lot of times on social media. And so thank you so much for supporting this show and also supporting Fiat Ministry Network and the people who are our producers. So, uh, and I thought we could reminisce a little bit since it's been a year and that was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And that was partly why we started this show, because before I was involved in, in this show, which is all online, I was doing something else, which was an in-person show that because of the pandemic, I wasn't able to travel uh, too far because the show that I was involved in, as you know, was not in Pennsylvania. It was in New Jersey. So I had to cut back on a little bit of the travel there. But this has been great, just being here online with friends and being able to get the word out about the journeys that people have in faith. And so I thought we could talk about, um, first tell us about you. Some people don't know you. You're a Mercedarian friar. And people know who watch this show regularly that I'm the director of the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. That's actually through the religious order that you're, you're with, the Mercedarians. And so maybe just start out with telling us about you and the order. Sure, sure. We won't go too long on this because I know you've had some of my confreres on here before too. So yes, you can always get get, get the detailed history of the order, you know, maybe on some other shows. But uh, uh, you know, I, that I, I'm as you said, a Mercedarian friar, the Order of Mercy, the Order of the Blessed Virgin Mary of Mercy, our long name. We were founded uh, in Spain uh, back in 1218. Uh, our founder uh, through uh, Mary's intercession and intervention uh, was inspired to found this order to redeem captive Christians. At the time, uh, you know, there was the various uh, conflicts between Islam and Christendom, uh, and that which also came to the Iberian Peninsula. And our founder, St. Peter in Alaska, was a merchant. He would use his profit to buy back Christian captives from Islam because they were being forced to convert in order to be treated well so in order to so they could maintain their christian faith we collect money buy back those christians and if necessary uh, the brothers and, and priests of the order would use themselves as ransom if they ran out of uh material things that they could uh, purchase the, the captives what they would use themselves take me as your slave let that person go um and, and so that was the, the beginnings of the order and throughout her history our order has dedicated herself to help preserve the faith for those from if, especially among those who are in danger of losing the faith from various forms of captivity um i came to the mercedarians in the uh, in 1995 is when i entered as a as a postulant and here i am now in 2021 um you know i grew up in wisconsin 
uh, entered the Mercedarians. I did my postulancy and novitiate in Leroy, New York. Went to Philly where I did uh, my seminary at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary. Got ordained in 2002, went to Rome for studies for a couple of years. Ended up back in Philadelphia for, for a few more years. And then in 2018, uh, I returned to the place where I entered in Leroy, New York, where I was uh, or, uh, assigned me as pastor of Our Lady of Mercy uh, Parish here in Leroy and St. Bridget uh, Parish in Bergen, New York, which is eight miles up the road from, um, from Leroy. And so we have these two partnered parishes. So they're two distinct parishes, two legal entities, but uh, under the, the administration of one staff. And so I'm up here. And I, when at the time I entered, there was no Our Lady of Mercy Parish. At the time that I entered here in Leroy, there was St. Peter's Parish, St. Joseph's Parish, and then about five miles down the road was St. Anthony's Parish in Lime Rock. Uh, well, as we've seen in so many places, eventually these parishes were merged uh, into one Our Lady of Mercy and St. Bridget, which is uh, up in, in Bergen. There were, they were a merger of St. Bridget Parish and St. Michael's Parish in South Byron. So we have a lot of, you know, families that, uh, we, as we say, uh, I, um, kind of one of our, our slogans is, you know, two great parishes, one Catholic family. So, and isn't that true for all of us uh, around the United States and around the world? We come from different dioceses, different parishes, but in the end, we're all united in the one body of Christ. And so we're one big Catholic family, not always a happy family sometimes, <laughs> you know, but we are one family, whether we like it or not. Amen. Amen. And, yeah. and I, I really think you have a wonderful community there. And of course, me being the director for the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, which I'm so blessed and honored to be a part of it. And also a third order member of the Mercedarians too, both me and my husband, as you know, well, and mm -hmm. that's also been a blessing and an honor to, to be a prayerful member of the order. And I'd like to make a shout out also to a lot of your parishioners there, because of course I know that a lot of the Mercedarian community since I'm working for the foundation and you have a wonderful community there in Western New York. And even some of your parishioners that are involved in ministry, some of them have been involved in some of our podcasts with Patchwork Heart Ministry mm -hmm. and also with Fiat Ministry Network. Michael Rosales won. And uh, he was a wonderful guest here on Journeys in Faith from your area. Like not one of my parishioners, but his, uh, Michael's mother-in-law uh, is actually my director of religious education. And that's how I got to know Michael was through uh, was for, through our director of religious education, Denise Bidesha. And uh, and so, um, you know, and yeah, Michael's guy, you know, before we were in lockdown, there were several, you know, times and, and holidays or special occasions that, you know, people would have us over here or there. And it's a couple of times um, we did some game nights <laughs> with Denise and her husband and, and Michael and his wife, you know, was at, at his wedding. Uh, that was certainly a beautiful event uh, when, uh, when he married his, his, uh, his bride is Denise's daughter, Kate. And so, of course, you know, we, again, it's part of being that, you know, that welcoming for me into the, our larger uh, Catholic family here in the Diocese of Buffalo. Um, you know, because Michael and Kate at the time worked uh, in various parishes uh, closer to Buffalo. Um, you know, we're kind of on the outskirts of the diocese, but um, again, one big Catholic family. That's right. That's right. And, and it's a blessing, as I said. And it is a year since you came on the show with Father Ken. And Father Ken is also, I should mention, the spiritual moderator for the foundation I work for. So hello, Father Ken. 
And so a lot has happened since then. And I thought we could talk about that because not only have individual parishes been affected, but the entire Catholic Church all the way around. So I thought maybe you could reflect a little bit on, on that. Well, I, I think you point out to me earlier, we're, we're just a little bit under a year, but it was, mm -hmm. but what was, the, you know, so, we, but it was, um, it was I, right at the, you know, when the show started. So it's just a little bit under a year that I was, but this was at the time a year ago that the whole like lockdown was accelerating. Um, some places of the country were already into the, you know, the lockdown more. And then here, you know, I know some places were celebrating yesterday. Um, I, at the time we're recording this, it's it's on March 4th, and I think it air, we air on March 5th. But uh, on March 3rd, I know some people were saying, oh, it's a one-year anniversary. But it wasn't one-year anniversary yet for us here in the Diocese of Buffalo. I, I, I forget which the date was, but it was a few days later or one week later. You know, we kind of shut down then a little bit later than other places. And then we went into it. It was... Just, it was um, it was right after the second Sunday of Lent. Of course, we just did the second Sunday of Lent here, but we're a little bit earlier this year. So, but we went into that lockdown. So um, by the time we did come on the show, we've had, had some time to process what was happening a little bit um, and think about it and kind of see what had worked and what hadn't. And now here we are again, almost another year later, nobody ever imagined that we would still be in the state that we're in you know, right now, still, you know, with dispensations from obligations and, and, and things like that. Nobody ever imagined that, you know, a year later, we would still be um, in this. And so, um, that's right. We've learned and can reflect on a few more things uh, than from the last time uh, that we were together in this, on this show, in this venue. Um, and, you know, so probably grown in and some wisdom and knowledge in that time also. Absolutely. And I think, at least for myself, when I reflect about this past year, just like when anything happens that's a challenge to all of us, and this has been a challenge for, I think, everybody pretty much, mm -hmm. is that there's going to be some positives and some negatives too. So I thought we could talk about that because uh, there's been, believe it or not, there have been some positives that have come out of all of this. Maybe we could start there. What have uh, you seen? Yeah, that, why would uh, I start there, right? So if I were <laughs> the last time that I was on your show, now, and you know me well, and uh, anybody that's watching that, that does know me know that um, in my temperament, I, I tend to have a, a, a pretty good sense of humor. I like to laugh. I like creativity and things like that. So Last time was there was at at the beginning of this all there was although things were you know so much was unknown it was probably at a time where people used humor very well to cope and so I can look back as bad as things were at the beginning there was a lot of laughter and that really did become a very healthy way to cope with this and I mean I mean just you know think of just to be silly, think of all, all of the different toilet paper jokes and everything that we read, were going through and oh, share, yeah. you know, That's a year great. ago, or just under a year ago, and, you know, the various memes and, you know, the, the internet culture and, and, and just, there was just, so there was, there was a lot of great creativity that was coming out of a bad situation. Um, you know, now as it drags on, 
perhaps we don't have the same approach necessarily with the same style of humor or creativity. Um, but you know, at the beginning, that was a way kind of that we that we dealt with things. And, and I, you know, again, you know, different people need different things, but for some people, that humor um, and it was really, it became a way of, you know, again, of kind of lightening things up that were very heavy. Um, you know, we also had to be careful because, you know, I mean, it, at, at the beginning, it was affecting different people differently. And so, you know, when in the early stages of COVID, when really there was not a lot of experience on how to treat it or what was done, you know, it, it was pretty scary. And so, you know, somebody that was in the midst of it, um, in my own family, uh, it, 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 to be blunt, it, it, it nearly took my brother's life. Mm. Um, you know, and, and he had, you know, some, some conditions and everything. And so, you know, it was, it wasn't something that he really wanted to approach with humor, you know, when, when his life was really in serious danger, you know, so we also, in addition to that, we also had to learn, okay, you know, yes, there are times for laughter, but there's also times for compassion and some sensitivity. Absolutely. And, and, and with so that we, said, I, yeah. With that said, I'll just make the statement. I'm sure you agree. Just we definitely want to make note. And for anybody who's watching, and if you or someone you know have been affected by the disease itself, you know, we offer our prayers. And, yeah. you know, that's been the hardest part is seeing the yeah. people that have gone through so much. I mean, I personally do know people who have uh, gotten the illness and been sick with it. Thankfully, mm -hmm. they've, they've recovered. I do know one or two people, uh, elderly, who did die from it. Yeah. Uh, and as, as you were like, people that I knew, you know, friends of yeah, friends, you, anything. We lost the Mercedarians. We lost our, our beloved father, Archangelo Manzi. Right. And, um, you know, and then, and then the, and then the COVID had pushed through very early on. It pushed through um, our, our community, Our Lady Mount Carmel in Cleveland, both the, the friars and our, and our sisters there had gotten it. And uh, actually they've been through it twice. They've been through two um, city ordered quarantines because then later on one friar that wasn't living there at the time that they went through it before was a hospital chaplain, then he po he tested positive, so they had to go in. So they actually have had experienced two shutdowns. Um, we've been very blessed, you know, here and in the, in the fact that you know, um, you know, if any of the anybody in my house got it, we were completely asymptomatic because there was there's no been no sign that you know we've got it, and um, you know, and we've we've avoided any major outbreak at the parish level connected to the parish our village here did go through um, very late because, you know, again, it hit different parts. And so uh, very late on in the game. So back in a, kind of the resurgence of maybe like, I guess it would have been maybe November, November uh, through early December, you know, there was at one point where our, um, we were a village of 7,000 here in Leroy and our, our local nursing home, which has uh, about 120 beds or so. They got to one point where then they, they were, the whole it was a hundred percent pushed through the nursing home uh and um you know so the and you know for some that was indeed it was the for for a handful it was kind of the last that last straw in their their ailing health um and it also pushed through among the staff and so it, that that was really a very difficult month oh it was uh, i mean i remember you and i conversing about that because it seemed to me that in your area you were less affected at the beginning. I know that where I live in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, we were one of the counties that really had high cases when it first came around. I mean, thousands. 
And then I remember uh, you and Father Ken telling me that you had a lot less than we did, but then it kind of flip-flopped a little bit. As you said, you got more of those cases in the nursing home later on. And, you know, and so there was that, and then there was just the whole, there's been the whole, um, you know, there were the, the regular life, also you're going to have death in regular life. So, so as deaths from other causes came in, and as everybody has struggled around with, with, not just in our country, but around the world, you know, the limits on, on funerals and, the, you know, and, and so there's, there has, people have not always had that closure that we normally need emotionally, you know, when we have a death of a loved one. Again, you know, most of the deaths that we experience have not been from COVID, but because of the, of the pandemic and the precautions, you know, you haven't been able to say, maybe say goodbye in the way, you know, that, that you had wanted to or hoped. Um, you know, when, when, um, when Father Archangelo passed away in Cleveland, he that was very early on in, in it. So we didn't have as strict of restrictions. They, you know, at that time, they were just kind of restricting those places maybe where it hit, you know. And so, you know, I was able to travel to Cleveland for, you know, his funeral. Um, as you know, um, last weekend, uh, our yes. order very sadly and tragically uh, lost it, you know, not, well, that doesn't appear to be a COVID death. It was uh, a heart attack, um, we believe, but we, we lost one of our, a 45-year-old priest in Sicily, um, Father Samuele Salis. Uh, so sorry. Our, our provincial secretary. Um, and, you know, you want to tell you, I mean, you know, you don't want to talk like positives, negatives. I mean, well, of course, a negative for his funeral, it was very limited. Um, the bishop did his funeral and they had priests there. Everybody had the masks on and all of that. But he, Father Samuele himself, he and his family were from, uh, he was originally from Alghero, Sardinia, which is another island. Uh, and if you know the Italy, there's the mainland and then there's the big islands of Sicily and Sardinia. Well, he's from Alghero. And so his own mother and brother were not able to come for his funeral. Yet with the adjustments that have been made because of the pandemic, Technologically, I was able to, if you will, attend for the first time a funeral of one of my confreres somewhere other than the United States and see, you know, see it live. Um, so, you know, certainly not the same thing, um, you know, as being in person, um, you know, but, you know, it's, again, it's different. Not saying whether it's better or worse, it is different. Um, and at least here across the ocean, um, at least for a moment, we were able to, to, to feel or to be you know, a little closer. Yes. And I remember watching or seeing that on social media the other day, in fact, and, and just, again, want to offer my sincere condolences on the passing of mm -hmm. Padre Samuel. Yeah. And, and all of the friars and his family, friends. And, and for that matter, as I said, I mean, this pandemic has had some negative impacts, definitely. I mean, and I think at the very front of that is the loss of life, mm -hmm. the sickness itself. And so we really want to empathize and just sending our prayers to all those people who have been deeply affected by this uh, coronavirus. Mm -hmm. um, but as I said, I think that there have been some positive things that have come out of also, say, for instance, families that have been able to spend a little more time together that were constantly on the run, right? Mm -hmm. 
So looking at that, would you agree? I mean, that's one thing. So maybe too much time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of TV time, a lot of a Zoom time. And, um, but, but more time for prayer and, and more time to really be able to have conversations together. So I don't know if you have anything to say about that because there's, well, you know, you kind of, well, you know, um, you know, and not to do a, 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 make this into a plug or anything, but you know, and you know me well, and you know that when the pandemic hit, you know, I, you know, kind of did some binge watching and one of the things i binge watched was uh, the chosen which is a you know a series uh, a multi-season series uh, about the public ministry and the life of jesus and and his disciples and um you know you know me i'm kind of i love art i love film and things like that and i just i just i've been so uh, enamored and fired up by this this beautiful film adaptation of our lord's life and i just I talked to one of my nieces yesterday who she also with, you know, the pandemic, a spiritual director recommended that she watch it. And it's just, we had a really, it was yesterday. I hadn't talked, actually hadn't talked to her probably since, um, since April or May when we had a family game night. So another thing that came out of being locked down, we learned how to do game night together through the internet. And again, so we did actually lead for a while to some more coming together you know, uh, of families not in the same, you know, exact same households. Uh, but anyway, so, but my niece said she had, she had spiritual director recommended that and she watched it and it's kind of helped kind of reinvigorate her love uh, of scripture and go back and read things kind of with a new, a new angle and a, a new light and a new imagination. Um, so there are things like that, uh, you know, that, that also uh, have happened. So, um so not to do a plug, but if you haven't seen The Chosen out there, you have to watch it. So Yes. I know you've been talking to me about it, too, and I have watched a little bit of it, but mm-hmm. not enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely want to say that uh, I'm going to. I'm excited about <laughs> it. And also to recommend, because I know you're not the only person that's told me how wonderful it is. So yeah. it, it is a way to help to grow in your faith. Sure. By watching something really good that's going to help you grow, especially it's Lent right now. I mean, it couldn't be a better mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. And to do it right now. So uh, continuing with what we were talking about, about the positives and the negatives that have come, uh, let's go to some of the difficulties. Because I know that the church has had so much um, challenge, really, challenge with, with everything this past year. So what mm-hmm. has it been like as a pastor? Because, you know, I have to give you a compliment. You, you know, you and your church, how great you did with all those YouTube videos and Facebook lives that you did of masses. And even right here on this very network on Fiat Ministry Network, you have friends here because they're streaming your masses on their channels too. You, both you and Father Ken at Our Lady of Mercy. So, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, a little beep there email just arrived on my computer here so if you give me a moment i'm just going to quit the mail program so we don't have beeping in the yes. background <laughs> uh anyway uh, well you know i guess well one of the difficult well first of all um a again the internet is a blessing but one of the challenges is that when we watch something on there you know we can watch anything from any place and we don't always appreciate that there is there are different circumstances in different places and so one of the things we can watch on the internet and then we can compare 
oh, we're not doing that at our parish. Why not? Or uh, look at they're not, you know, we, we start to think, well, you know, why do they get to do that and we don't? And, you know, so there's been that, first of all, you know, educating people. Well, you know, we're in the Diocese of Buffalo. We have very different restrictions than maybe uh, the Diocese of Spokane, Washington or, you know, or Tyler, Texas, or whatever, but, you know, or you know, if you're down in a parish there, whatever, I'm just throwing out some, you know, name, um, there are different realities. And so we have to be careful that in, you know, in watching the internet, you know, and watching mass over the internet, that we're not getting into a game of comparison and passing judgment, because then, then what's the use? So we have to be careful with that. Um, also, I guess one of the things, um, and I think we may have talked about it last May uh, when I was with you, was that one of the things that I was fascinated by, and, and, I, and I really wish uh, that, that it could have been something that was covered in the, in the media more than it was. But one thing that I found fascinating is that when when you get down to it, people have access, they have access to, they could have access to a very wonderfully professionally produced mass on television or the internet, or a very simple thing where somebody's setting up a cell phone and aiming it at the altar and celebrating it. And for the most part, people chose when they could to attend their local mass online. So it wasn't all about the technological production. Hmm. It was about the closeness to home, to that parish family. When people could, if they had their choice of choosing, again, a less produced they got to care if it was their parish and it's just that camera pointing that they're going to choose that over going to, you know, the, 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 the you know, like a, a wonderfully diocesan produced or Catholic network produced mass. Um, th there are those that have their, you know, devotion and they are connected to the, 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 you know, the wonderful job that Catholic media does. And, and they're, you know, those that regularly use those kind of stayed with those because that they were, that's what they were used to people that maybe didn't, you know, were used to going in person or whatever, they wanted to have that closeness to their home. And so, you know, some might expect, well, maybe if, well, if we have a, you know, really, you know, so we have great cameras in our church, but people aren't going to come, you know, to our mass just because it, it looks better and, and our sound is good. They want to be with the people that they pray with on a regular basis. They want to be with their priest that is in their parish. Um, and there's a mystery there, and I think that's something very beautiful, and it's something maybe that, again, I don't think has been talked about maybe or looked at enough. Now, that's interesting. I, I have to admit, I did not know that. I did not know that statistic, so that's very interesting well, it's to not hear. A, I don't think it's a statistic that's measurable or anything like that. Okay. But it's, it's a behavior that I noticed. Mm. So like when I, you know, so because I would check out our different parishes and, you know, and, you know, if, even from our parishes, we have some that just have the camera and then some that have a very, you know, and, but I was looking and who's attending, the, all of the people at that pair are attending their mass. 
And then I also see that in in the diocese of Buffalo and our shrines and things like that. So, you know, when I would go around and look, I'm just curious how many people are attending and and, and it's people were getting their looks. So people stayed, even on the internet, they stayed close to their parish family. Mm, That's good to hear, really, because it it really all starts with your your own parish community i mean obviously we're all part of the universal church you know which is something much greater than just even your own small or medium-sized community so um but that's really good to hear because uh i mean i know people personally who did both you know i knew some people who watched it at their own churches and then some people preferred like watching like ascension presents with like father mike schmitz or whatever or bishop baron somewhere and um you know so you get both and maybe sometimes people take turns you know they they watch a little bit one week of uh something more national and then their parish community so uh but yeah that's good to talk about i think that's it's a positive in the end because it just shows that although people weren't allowed to go out to go to mass during that particular time is that they were still at least watching it now we're coming into a place now where you know most of the states obviously there is mass but it the dispensation is that what it would be called a dispensation has not been lifted so that everybody kind of like has to go back to mass do you have any thoughts about like when you think that might happen do you think that that could happen pretty soon i have no idea again it's some places there have been some places of the country a a, a handful um or less but there have been a few dioceses that have restored the obligation that you know that haven't been particularly hit or the hump so there have been some places that have restored it in some places not um and in the diocese where where i'm located um it looks like the dispensation is going to carry all the way through um past easter um, okay so we just we just received some guidelines yesterday so it looks like that's you know so it's really going to depend where people are that's right that's right there's a lot more to talk about i mean i'll definitely say that whoever's watching right now let's all pray about it because it's it is in god's hands at this point Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more that we pray and and just kind of be patient, right? At at some point, I do believe at some point we are going to be back to normal. So, mm-hmm. um, but thank you. Now mm-hmm. we do have to take a break already. So thank you so much so far. We um, mm-hmm. so please do stay with us, everyone. We'll be back in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith with Father Matthew Phelan. Hi, my name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you.
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. Now I had been brought up without any prayer, without Bible, without church, nothing of that kind. And so when my father died, I became suicidally depressed. I, I had no desire to live. And yet, by the grace of God, uh, whenever I got to the point of actually taking my life, I always had this interior conviction that if I took my life, I would simply find it again on the other side and it would be permanent misery. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. But, uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my family. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you on your own could have done this. So we are called to sing. All of us are called to sing. All of us are called to express ourselves and join our voice into the unity of the church. Uh, often with my choirs, I, I ask them to listen to each other, to listen to the, the sound that they make together as one. That's what we're aiming for the harmony or unison, we're aiming for a one sound. You need to decide. What are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist, or not? Welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday night. I have Father Matthew Phelan. He is a pastor at Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Leroy, New York, and St. Bridget's, which is in Virgin, New York. He's a mercedarian friar, a good friend of this show and mine, and he's part of that religious order, which is the religious order that is the foundation that I'm the director for. As a lot of you already know, you watch the commercial during the break, the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. So right before the break, you know, we had a long conversation about the pandemic, mm -hmm. about uh, kind of the negatives and the positives of, of this past year. Uh, and before we move on to the next topic, I didn't know if you had anything else to say just about those challenges yeah. that 
churches have. Now, the next challenge, and maybe we can talk about this, is getting people uh, or praying, right? Praying that people come back to mass when the dispensation has been lifted. What do you think about that? Well, I, I have some opinions on that. Maybe some of them I won't share, but <laughs> but I guess you know here we are now, um, about a year later from when we uh, entered the the two week period to flatten the curve, and we're still kind of you know we're still kind of uh, in it. Nobody expected things to drag on this long. Um, but, you know, as, you know, something I, something I said um, on, on Ash Wednesday um, to, to some of the, when I gave the homily on Ash Wednesday, was when we look back, um, the original dispensations were given, why? Not because the Mass wasn't vital to our faith. But because what happens is those who are really in danger are the ones that are most strict and feel most strongly and are devoted to that obligation. And so the dispensations were given originally, first of all, because we had the lockdown totally. And then when we could start coming back, the dispensation was extended. Why? Because who would be the first person, people to come back and go to Mass in church? Those who were maybe older, maybe those who were, you know, maybe sick or whatever. They're, they're the ones that seek out God. The older we get, the more we start thinking, whether we like it or not, it's the pattern of human history. We should think about God our whole lives. But the fact is, is sometimes we don't think about it until we start getting older and we start realizing, oh, wait a second, I'm not going to be on this earth forever. So then That's we start right. thinking, it's natural that as we grow in wisdom, as we get older, we begin to take our faith more seriously. Again, some have that fire early on and they maintain it from a young age. The vast majority of people, it usually kicks in a little bit later. It's just, again, it's a natural course of our fallen human nature. It's what we don't, we don't think about our mortality when we're younger. So that dispensation was given. Why? So those who are most scrupulous about that, um, about that obligation wouldn't come to mass. What what happens when we start to come back? Who's the ones that come back? Pretty much those that are most in danger and who maybe is staying at home now and not fulfilling the obligation. I hate to say it's, you know, it's not an obligation, but not coming out of devotion. You know, who's they're falling out of the habit of coming. So then when it's like obligatory, it's going to be a lot harder to get them to come back. Um, it's really uh, maybe a lot of those that are younger and aren't maybe don't, you know, think so much that I, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be around, you know, and it, it so, really makes a lot of what you're saying does make sense. And I'm not saying that uh, not, not in agreement or disagreement, but just right. that what you're saying is it really does make sense because if you think about it, when people are really, taking their faith seriously, they're going to be the ones who want to go back to mass. Right, right. And people who look at mass is kind of like, well, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. I got a lot to do, you know, and they're not really thinking about their faith uh, on a daily basis or even a weekly basis. Sometimes yeah. they're not going to be the ones who are coming back mm -hmm. to, to mass. Right. Exactly. And, so what I urged on Ash Wednesday was that, you know, the whole theme of Ash Wednesday and is about also that return that return mm -hmm. to God and returning to God. And so you know, I challenged people and I, you know, I guess, you know, those that were in church 
you really didn't maybe necessarily need the challenge. They were there, but the challenge was maybe to those who were, were online, you know, that, you know, if you are well and not in a group that's dangerous, you know, we're keeping distance, we're sanitizing after every mass, we, you know, we're following all of the guidelines, we're keeping these words, you know, everything straight, you know, I mean, you're keeping the hands sanitized and everything. So we're, we're doing everything to keep you safe, you know, and so what's happened in this return? Well, people have returned to restaurants with distancing and caution, yes. People have returned, at least in this area, to some are returning even to some gyms and everything have made, you know, concessions and have, so, so they're going there. Um, so they're in our area, they, they returned to school. Um, they returned to the grocery store. So everybody, life is kind of kicking back, not entirely as it was, but kicking back. But what's, but what's the one thing that maybe we're having difficulty returning to? Our Lord. And so it's like, take this time, maybe, Take this Lent, and it can be a time to maybe if we're out of that practice of coming is to take that next leap now, <laughs> come back, maybe start to build the pattern. No, you're not obliged to. So, you know, if it out of, out of you know, you, you know, you just you, you don't make it or whatever, okay. We're not dealing with mortal sin, but it's still, it can be good to try to rebuild some of those patterns. So that's, you know, that was, you know, a challenge I, I, I threw out there and a challenge I continue to, to, to throw out there. Oh, well said. It really is. And um, it, it, I think that God is definitely, um, you know, instilling in our hearts, I think, during this time, what is important. Mm -hmm. And there's always, I think, wisdom in every stage of our lives. And especially when you go through something very, very difficult, like we all have this past year. And so uh, with everything that you're saying, I think they're great um, reflections and pieces of advice. Now, if somebody's watching and they're kind of on that borderline between like, hmm, you know, I'm not sure that I want to go back because I'm afraid I don't want to get sick or whatever. Um, well, I can assure you that if you live in Leroy, New York, that if you go to Our Lady of Mercy, that church is clean. So you don't have to worry about yeah. any of that. I know you've mm -hmm. taken such good care, even with your dispenser for the holy water. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't even have to place your hands in there right i mean it's like some kind of tell them about that uh, well yeah that was well and, and i wish i could remember his name there was somebody had shared with me this this is going back to last april somebody shared and, and um he was a young priest um and i'm not even sure what diocese but i know he was in new jersey um there was a young priest and he put up a the idea with you know using the the just something you get on amazon or whatever it was a a touchless uh, soap dispenser and he, so he ordered those put the bed and and use those touchless dispenser for the holy water. So I saw I saw his video, and again, I wish I could give him credit by name. You know, there's so it's hard for me to find that video now. Uh, you know, online, you know, on Facebook, but it was a Facebook video. So I did that. I, you know, I purchased uh, so some of the, those uh, touchless dispensers uh, on Amazon, um, and uh, being a frugal religious. They were only about, uh, they were under $25 that I ordered online. And my, <laughs> uh, my wonderful uh, maintenance person here at the par parish, Pat Murphy, she adjusted and made platforms for them to sit in the marble fonts and had like a little dish to catch water and everything. At the other parish at St. Bridget, they have these glass uh, holy water dishes that have kind of, they, there's, there's a, it dips down in the center. So they fit there perfect. I actually fried two of them because when the water dropped down, it, fried the battery pack but then I found these 
cylindrical glass pieces that fit perfectly into there. So I was able to put them in there and it lifted it up a little bit. So when the water fell down and just enough water fell, it didn't get on the battery pack and then it would evaporate. So at both places, we have the touchless dispensers. Now, <laughs> sadly, unfortunately, something to, uh, some people get marketing ideas, I guess, from this. So I have seen holy water dispensers made pretty much the same thing, but all made fancy and it says holy water on it going for something like over three hundred dollars oh yeah so uh, you you did no, well we, so we, we were able to get them for you just well. twenty five dollars just said you know um you know get them nice and cheap and, and they've worked well i've um i i killed two of them as i said through <laughs> the water falling on the battery pack um out of that i've only had to replace so they had to replace those two but i did have one that eventually just kind of burned out on us because you know they get lots of use so i had a spare so i put the spare so next thing i, I do have to order a couple of a spare holy water dispensers now just so i have them in case you know one would burn out but so we but again thanks to that priest and his wonderful idea in new jersey um it got here and we were able to get our you know so everybody says oh father matthew's brilliant and i and i said well no it wasn't me it was a priest in new jersey that i got the idea from uh, the brilliance thing but you know the only thing that I was brilliant in was following his advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like I said, I do have to say just knowing you and, and having visited there before that you did a very good job um, with just keeping everything the way that it should be and what uh, people are expecting, you know, with this pandemic. I do think that the pandemic has made us all more aware about things like washing our hands and about, uh, you know, being more aware of you know, cleanliness and things like that, right? I, I mean, a, well, and sometimes even my conference would laugh at me because even going back several years, you know, I, and, and some things I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very disorganized and slobby, but when it came to like hands and everything, I always had hand sanitizer on me. And sometimes even before the pandemic, I'd be at mass sitting, you know, and, um, you know, listening, you know, to maybe the readings or whatever. And, you know, me, I scratch and I, oh my gosh, I touched my face. I get it. And so I would have to like, you know, so I would like been paranoid about that and conscious of that for some time. And I, you kind of try to sneak under the vestment, get the hand sanitizer out and then sanitize my hands at mass. Or if I'm at mass and I blow my nose and then I got to sanitize or whatever. So I, I have been sensitive to that. I don't know if I don't, maybe because, um, you know, when I was in Philadelphia, I did school lunches and, and I had to go through the food safety core and things like that. So you, you get very sensitive to how things can get cross-contaminated and everything. So I've, for some time, I've been conscious about that kind of thing. So of course, this has kind of raised that to, um, to a new level. <laughs> right, but, exactly. But, but I do think you've done a good job again. Hand sanitizer. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's an awareness I think that um, not just for church, but just in general. But when you think about like how people get uh, spreading viruses and colds, you know, now that we have this awareness about washing hands, and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if masks become something that we see in the future, not just as a mandatory thing that people will just use them if they are afraid that they're going to get sick in some way, you know, we may be seeing them again. The, the only thing that would concern me, and I, and I guess it's, and I'm not a doctor, so we have to ask them about that. I just, I would be concerned that, it, it, that we have to be careful because it seems to me that sometimes we need to catch things to build our immune systems. So right. Exactly. What would worry me is that if we get, uh, if we get, 
too crazy with things, then we're never going to build immune systems. And uh, I mean, I've known in my own family, I'll say that, you know, I've known some of those, you think, how do those kids never get sick? And others, wow, there's like, but the kids are always, you know, so, so sometimes you get to see kids can be kind of like very hardy just being exposed to things. And, and God has really created our bodies in a way that they do build up, you know, immunities, but every, you know, through human history, every so often, you know, something comes along that, uh, that our bodies aren't ready for. And yeah. you end up with a pandemic or like in the middle ages, the plague and things like that. So you know, it's, it's always tough to figure out what's going to be that balance. But Yeah, balance is a good word, I think, especially when it comes to all this. But uh, mm -hmm. I thought we could switch topics because you do have something that's coming up that you're hoping happens, right? It's, it's uh, a trip to the Holy Land. Oh, yeah. And yes. I know that you wanted to talk about that. So please do tell us about it. Well, the original trip was supposed to be last May um, to the Holy Land. Um, the Holy Land pilgrimage, it was going to be led by... Um, Brother Raymond Colombaro, who's stationed Our Lady Lords Philadelphia, and and me, and um, so you know we we it was a eleven day pilgrimage to to the Holy Land, and we were excited about it and everything, and then the pandemic uh, hit, and so you know it, it, that whole thing got canceled. So it, we've uh, um, you know it's been rescheduled. If I can try to let's see, I don't know if I can accomplish this or not. Um, I have on my computer here a picture of a, we're going to be doing a, in a well, we, we've rescheduled it for July 7th through 17th um, of this year. Now, um, you know, and I pray we have an, we'll have an informational meeting um, for those that are watching this before uh, March 11th. We're going to have an, an informational meeting on the evening of March 11th at um, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and it'll be an online meeting. And uh, let's see if I can, um, I'm going to try to do this here. Hopefully I won't mess anything up. Switch over to the details about that. Let's see here. No. Okay. I don't know if you can see that. So we Thank have a, you. you're welcome. So um, that's kind of some of the, the, the details uh, of the trip. It's through, uh, and I, I know somebody that, that, uh, that you're acquainted with uh, through Select International uh, um, and, uh, the trip is going to include, you know, Nazareth, Sea of Galilee, Bethlehem, Dead Sea, and Jerusalem. Uh, it, there's, there'll be a group, God willing, a group leaving here from Leroy. We're going to fly through Toronto, a group in Philadelphia, going through Philadelphia. If you're not in any of those areas, you can still arrange it. And you would just, um, you, you could arrange to, you know, get to those places, be on our flight, or you could arrange your own air over and then meet us, uh, you know, in the group, um, you know, through them, I believe they, we meet in, in, in Tel Aviv. Um, and, and so, um, you know, there's a group, but there's the, the detail, the kind of run, the rough details of the trip. Um, and uh, the, you can see the, the more details uh, at, um, at Select International's uh, website, um, yeah, selectinternationaltours.com, and you can find the Holy Land trip with Father Matthew Phelan and uh, Raymond, Brother Raymond Colombaro. Um, for the meeting on March 11th, uh, you could say, I've, uh, I've asked you could uh, text Holy Land link um, with your name. And if you text that to my cell number, which is on there, 585-615-3138, or you can send an email to holyland2021 at orderofmercy.org. Um, if you'd like to 
you know, join our informational meeting on Thursday, March 11th, you know, contact me through there. And then we'll send the link out to you again. You know, we can't just put up a link online. One thing we learned in the pandemic is when links are just put up online, you get hackers and you get people with not good intentions coming in and crashing meetings. So, you know, with that, that's why, you know, we'd ask that contact first and with your name. So then we could, you know, send uh, a link to that meeting so we can discuss and to the, I mean, there's going to, of course, be, you know, some concerns, um, you know, about vaccinations or, you know, or will the trip, you know, go, go ahead at that time, will be rescheduled or so. That's just an informational meeting to talk about some of those issues and, and uh, um, it really, and Select is just, I went, I, a few years ago, I went on a pilgrimage with the uh, Archdiocese of, of Philadelphia uh, to the Holy Land and um, that was uh, really a beautiful experience and um, Select, uh, they had their Holy Land, it's, it's set up as, as, as a nonprofit and they help with uh, the proceeds that, that they raise, they also help to support Christians uh, in the Holy Land because certainly, uh, especially Christians in the West Bank, um, you know, over the years, they, they, they're caught up be, with the various conflicts, uh, you know, happening there and, um, and they, they have suffered tremendously uh, economically, um, you know, when back in the, uh, in, around a, 2000, uh, early 2000, 2001, uh, as the wall went up um, between Jerusalem and the West Bank, it really cut off the lifeblood and the, and the, the sustenance of many of the Christians who worked uh, in Israel and they could no longer pass over the border. Um, and so, um, you know, as much as we have, we experienced great suffering from the pandemic uh, economically, um, you know, the Christians in the, in the Holy Land the vast majority of them, their life is tourism. That's how they sustain their families. It's how they feed their family. They, 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 tourism and, and, and the souvenir industry. And, um, you know, many worked in other fields, but they lost all of those jobs with the conflicts. And so, um, you know, with people not traveling, um, a very, what is already an extremely difficult life has become even more difficult. And so um, as soon as we can, you know, return um, traveling and, 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 and doing some of those things, um, I said at the beginning that we're one big Catholic family. And we got a lot of family members that are suffering even a lot more than we are. Mm -hmm. And so um, to think that we can support them by traveling to the places where Jesus did his ministry, enjoying that time there, that somebody else is getting a benefit out of that. You know, I mean, you know, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> we can have a great time and actually benefit somebody else at the same time um, who really needs us to do those things to, to you know, and um, so anyway, uh, we, you know, we pray. Uh, that, that our pilgrimage uh, will happen. Um, we, it, you know, originally they, they were, we were looking at a lot earlier and I, and the reason I chose July, it's kind of the hot season, but we get air conditioning and things and, and uh, we'll serve and drink a lot of water and everything. But the reason I wanted to go in July was for, um, I was aiming for a particular tour guide who, um, 
many consider to be uh, the best one that works with Select. And I, I saw um, when I was there, uh, we had two buses, we had two tour guides. He was with the other bus, but uh, we got to see, I got a little taste of some of his presentations. We had two or three presentations that, that both buses teamed up and got one presentation and the other times we had two. And we had a wonderful guide also um, who's not a, who, who um, wasn't available. Um, but uh, but the one that is there, but so I, I kind of really wanted to, I've got to get George, please. So that's why we chose that that July time also. And I'm hoping that if we can go at that time, my birthday also falls <laughs> in that time period, um, along with uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And I do have some friends who are Third Order Carmelites, and I'm very much encouraging them to go, what better place to celebrate Our Lady of Mount Carmel, but in the Holy Land, so... Yeah, that, that would be incredible. I do pray and hope that that does happen. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it probably will because I think things are going to start getting back to normal and everything by then. So uh, mm -hmm. best wishes. And also, of course, I'll pray that that all goes well. And mm -hmm. I'll, encouraging you, the viewers here at Fiat Ministry Network, to consider this trip because you don't have to live in Western New York or Philadelphia mm -hmm. to go on this trip. You mm -hmm. know, So if you're interested in going, you know, Father Matthew put that... Um, screen you know up, up on the screen you can also simply reach out to us here at fiat ministry network or send a message uh, but give them your email too so they can reach out to you if they have any questions what's your email what email address would they reach out um well we've set up a special well email um well there's you can also send an email you know through the select uh, website also um that was up on the screen and if, uh, if uh, you go back and look at that but um the email that we set up for the the trip itself um, is holyland2021 at orderofmercy.org. Holyland2021 at orderofmercy.org. Okay. That is correct. That's correct. good. That's Holy good. Holyland2021 at orderofmercy.org. So we, again, that's a set up dedicated email just for, for, for the pilgrimage. So. Sounds awesome. Now we're headed toward the end of the show pretty soon. And I thought we could end if we could. Now we're in the year of St. Joseph right now. And thank you to Pope Francis that he instilled this for the year. And I know a lot of people are very excited and have been doing like the consecration to St. Joseph. His feast day is March 19th. I know that even here on this very network, we've had other shows where we've been talking about it too. And even on our podcast, Sowing Hope, we've, we've had different discussions on uh, the year of St. Joseph. What do you have to say about it before we end? And uh, would you suggest any kind of prayers or anything that people can try to dedicate to Father uh, St. Joseph? Uh, well, I, I mean, when we get close to the end, I can do, I'll do, I'll uh, offer a prayer to St. Joseph, but you've already, you know, mentioned some of that. I mean, through the, I would, a lot of, for most dioceses, uh, have, have resources set up on their diocesan websites for the year of St. Joseph. Um, certainly the United States uh, Catholic Conference of Bishops also has many wonderful resources at their website. So I would I first, you know, point you to, to those places. I mean, there's, um, you know, I, I, I have some linked at, at our website. If you, if you were to go to uh, Our Lady of Mercy Leroy, dot org our lady of mercy leroy if you will but we say leroy but it's l-e-r-o-y so our lady of mercy l-e-r-o-y dot org um if you go if you go to our website we have we have links also to 
those some of those external links where you can you know to get to some of those prayers but i mean there are there are some there are um you know i've seen special uh uh rosary um meditations or even a saint joseph rosary you know a lot of people got up you know got upset years ago when when um saint john paul ii added the luminous mysteries but you know i i had seen through my life other mysteries that can be prayed on the rosary other you know there were certainly the life of christ but there were i've seen other i've seen eucharistic um different eucharistic meditations or mysteries and things like that on there so there are saint jo is it, so you pray on a rosary and there's uh, a meditation in each decade um with things with the life of, of saint joseph so there's that i've seen um stations of the cross the way of the cross uh with saint joseph um another beautiful resource uh that I uh, was looking at right before we started was a, a Lenten examine at St. Joseph's workshop, which is really beautiful. So it, it takes like different things in the workshop and kind of draws kind of spiritual messages out of like St. Joseph's workbench. And just to share with you, uh, it says a solid table for the craftsman's trade is essential. Our Catholic faith brings us to the altar of sacrifice, our place of worship. Uh, we uh, have, have we been faithful to Sunday Mass uh, and attentive, actively participating when we do attend Mass? Um, as we speak the Holy Name in our liturgy, Lord, help me to realize whether I have kept a reverent use of the Holy Name or taken it in vain. So again, workbench, and it takes as a little meditation, the stool or seat, the level, the square, the saw, the two about the hammer, the nails. So it has different meditations on the things of, of St. Joseph's workshop. Um, I thought those were kind of really neat. And many of these were out, some of the, the viewers may have books about St. Joseph that have, have these, like the Litany of St. Joseph. Um, you know, a Brother Martin in my community who has a, a very deep, deep devotion to St. Joseph. He's got some wonderful materials, and some of the materials that we see on the website are taken from some of the books that he has also in the house. So he's recognized them. So we're all, we're printing out, reading these off of sheets, and here Brother Martin is in his beautifully bound book doing his St. Joseph. <laughs> it's the same thing. So, oh. yeah. Well, so you know, he's a wonderful saint. He's actually one of my favorites, and I was so thrilled when the Pope instilled this for the year. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we are at the end of the show. It's been so great to have you back again. And, you know, like I said, it's that one year anniversary since you were on. You were, you and Father Ken were here for the very first episode of Journeys in Faith and set it off to a successful year. I want to say thank you also to our producer, Kent Kolhoski, Jennifer Sinclair, his assistant, and also Bill Snyder, who's the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry who's also making this into a podcast for us too. And also to you, the viewers, thank you for being a part of this audience and for joining me every week uh, and the wonderful guest. And I'm so glad to have my very first guest back again for the almost the year anniversary. So, well, my time to give a blessing then, I guess please. before we go, I don't yes. want, I won't have time for the whole St. Joseph prayer, but through the intercession of St. Joseph, may almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you for joining us. One more thing I want to say is to be sure to our audience to go to patreon.com slash patchwork heart ministry. There's a show there called Five Minutes of Faith. Father Matthew is going to join me to talk about three ways to grow in trust. So make sure that you go there sometime after this show. So thank you again, Father. You're welcome, Anne. Thank okay, we'll see you all next week here on Journeys in Faith.
Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.